Welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast where we talk about scenic automation and other interesting tech. I'm Cody Green, and I'm here with... I'm Christian Bassey. I'm Harry Beauregard. And I'm Mike Wade. Hey, everybody. Exciting to have you. <laughs> Woohoo. Woohoo. Uh, Gareth is not with us today, but I think we'll, I think we'll make it through. That's the goal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we got a couple cool topics to talk about. Yeah. I think the first one up is uh, is we did uh, so the permanent install job we did in California last year, twenty twenty one. Yeah, last year, <laughs> uh, Gareth and I uh, ended up going out onto site uh, to do a service call for them, and um, they were one of the one of their I don't know hundred axes whatever they have. <laughs> a uh, lot was experiencing a uh, an issue where it couldn't move in the down direction um so what they ended up doing in the moment when they were trying to do it they cross patched it to one of the other axes that was a higher capacity stagehand um, to get them through and then gareth and i went out to go check it out and uh, what we experienced when we were out there was that the drive was flashing OL, which means it was overloading. I thought that, that meant it was working perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's what the O stands for. <laughs> that's working just, perfect. Just power cycle and try it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you check so, your IP? Uh, yeah. It was flashing that on the, on the VFD keypad? On, on the, the VFD keypad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, OL, every, right. which is... Um, Mitsubishi if you look in the manual, cool. if you look in the Mitsubishi manual, is a overload warning, meaning it is too much weight on the, in this circumstance, was too much weight. Um, and by switching to the higher capacity stagehand, which had higher uh, current allowances and capacity allowances right. was able both to in the it. parameters and like the physical hardware right yeah yeah right um allowed it to move and so uh that's interesting. without having a load cell that's a pretty uh good indicator that there's too much weight on the uh on on the whatever you're lifting right. i guess is oh well overloaded <laughs> Yeah, and because that was one that was an axis that before they had just on like fixed speed on off kind yeah. of like simple yeah. control soft start right soft starters and then when we swapped it over we went to VFDs and full queued control which and I think also too when we switched it over you know we were testing it it was completely unloaded right right and then uh, I. I believe we did a load test on it. Yeah, I mean, but that was an interesting one because it's a it's a pylon machine, so it's a series of yo-yo drums yeah. spread out across their theater with shafts connecting them all, with the motor sitting in the middle. Which and we definitely does not help the problem, right? <laughs> right. As you pile on more, you get the bigger lever arm. Right, and I think when we, now saying it, we had it in all the way down. Mm -hmm. When we tested it, commissioned it, we ran it up and down. And then I think when we load tested it, uh, I'm pretty sure we ran the full length of it. But yeah, like it would definitely be 
uh, easier down low and get worse as you worse as it on. goes up. Yeah, exactly. That, and that's the thing is like you could overload. There's we figured out what the what the load capacity of that is, but it, you could overload that in the low position because your and drum still be diameter is smaller. You would still be able to run it until you got to a point yeah. where that diameter is dictated by the top position, like you're saying, Cody. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, which is what we were seeing there is, you know, down low, you were able to run it no problem. And then once you started to get higher and higher up is when the, which is where they experienced the problem, right? It was all the way at its trim position and they tried to move it. Right. You're like, we just got it up here. Why doesn't it move? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's and why, cool. so why down more than, than up? I think what they did is they got it up, like kind of floated just out of the way and then they went to get it to like show trim and run it up a little more at that yeah. up position and then it wouldn't go and it would just fall and it would fall yeah and it would fall yeah. and then they'd run it in and they'd be like what the heck and then they try to run it out and then it would fall gotcha so it doesn't present itself immediately as you know and they're like you know oh we, oh, we always used to put this many lights on it and they always oh, used it you know but the the control is totally different so it's like right it's and then control, don't care and then the other thing too being that you know they were trying they were controlling it from the stage they were at the stage level and this was all the way up at the uh up in their catwalks where you know you so only no see the ol flashing yeah you only see the ol flashing on the keypad you just standing at the stage level you just see it not moving right and then fault like position fault or drive fault yes oh sure <laughs> <laughs> watch <yous. laughs> yeah Oh my goodness. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah. But so Gareth and I went out there, we discovered this, and that was the you know, that that was the thing is, you know, if it's flashing OL, well, right. it's overloaded and <laughs> you have to take some weight off. And yeah. yo yos are tricky. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's an interesting one. Especially to like sniff it out and get to the end of it. Oh, we see what's happening here. Yeah. No one's looking at the keypad. Which mm -hmm. is, you know, great that we went out there and we saw it because, you know, getting the requests in, I think, Mike, even you saw too, like seeing the requests is like, this looks very uh, peculiar. Like what could possibly be the answer to this? Like you're, You were able to run it all the way up to the trim position. Why is it not able to move anymore? Yeah. And then like actually getting there and being in front of it, you're like, oh, now I can see. Yeah, now all it makes the sense. All the pieces of the puzzle kind of come into focus, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a it was a winner. I mean, I'm glad that you guys got on a plane and got out there. You know, even though it was kind of you know by the seat of your pants making it out there, right? Like making travel plans and getting going and packing a bag, and, <laughs> <laughs> right. and you're like, oh, it's a uh, it's overloaded, right? You yeah. need to take some of that stuff off. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it was it was great that that was the problem. That it was just too much weight on it. That was the only issue. Yeah, yeah. And when you guys got out there too, then you know that was the the issue that got you in the door. But then as soon as you guys got in there, there was just a laundry list of other things. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple other issues that uh, right. they were having that we were able to address while we were there, which was. Yeah. You know, great for them, great for us. Get right. it all handled. Yeah. But no huge issue that we were right. 
anticipating with the fact that it wouldn't move. Right. Do you want to move on to uh, talking about some some turntables still? Oh, yeah, God. I think there's some more turntable <laughs> stuff. Mike, right? Shut I up. think you're the king of turntables now, right? Man, I, it doesn't feel like it. Sultan um, of turntables? Yeah. <laughs> Sultan of turntables. Jeez, it's getting weird. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think so. Uh, so we, I think the last time we talked about how we were, we prototyped out and built a, a pivot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that we were encoding off the center and a big slew ring um, as a center. And, um, and, and they have that in tech. And it was, it seems from everything we heard, other than a little bit of tech support, um, mm-hmm. it seems like it was, it was a winner. Um, you know, the positioning seems like kind of crazy perfect. And like they slapped. That's great. Yeah, they and they just slapped in. It was a, it was a pretty big turntable that they have on this pivot, um, and we have two revolvers running off a single stage hand, <laughs> and and they um and they just they just plugged them in and did they didn't do any tuning outside of right. whatever <laughs> you know whatever machine they they used as the as the basis. I think it was like maybe a revolver, so it was like. I don't know, two points of P gain and nothing else. And it has just run. Just let her rip. Yeah. And no, like, like a pretty tiny max position error and a pretty tiny uh, position lag time, which are usually the two that like completely and totally cause faults on Mm -hmm. big turntables and nothing, nothing. They just like ran. They're awesome though. Yeah. Oh my God. The positioning. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. great. Yeah. I think it's kind of exciting, like, because, you know, I think we talked about, oh, we think we're going to make a center so we can try and get people, you know, mm-hmm. to get over some of those hurdles because encoding did seem to be a pretty constant tech support. Whoa. Oh, my God. And then it's a on, the f- yeah. on the first, you know, kind of prototype one we did and sent out, like, it just fucking it, nailed it. It like, just did. <laughs> yeah. It just worked. Like, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty exciting, uh, just the concept of the idea, like, going out on the first round and just nailing it. Yeah, and then I think also, too, for especially just that there's reliable positioning, which I think is the big win, right? Yeah. Right. Or, like, big turntables with, like, multi-motors, like, especially if you're driving yeah. into that edge towards that center, like, making sure that's strong enough, so, like... If they're not getting like out of round walking center like bad encoder like that those are like the two main things that the you know providing a pivot for the center can like help yeah i think it's great i think they did the so so they ran into a couple tech support challenges which actually now zepp is i think either on his way or about to get on a plane um to go I out think there he's and, on a plane right now yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> to to be out there and and just kind of as a moral support until they get through opening but um over the weekend they reached out as they started tech apparently everything had been working fine and then and then all of a sudden they had linked cues that weren't firing and they couldn't figure out why and it was like everything seemed like it should be working and then they had some cues that 
I, I'm not exactly sure, but maybe some of them did actually work the way that they thought. And it took a little bit of, it took a little bit of doing to kind of figure out what was happening. And, um, and so they, they had some cues together that uh, they were trying to change the speed of the turntable and it was to go with the, with the music, right? So there were, you know, X seconds that they wanted to go at whatever speed and then another, you know, how many ever 20 more seconds at a different speed and then 50 seconds at another. And so they had set up time link cues. And so like if the parent cue, if the first cue was supposed to run, I don't know, whatever, 60 seconds, mm -hmm. they had the child cue, Q2, um, set with a time link to trigger at 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then Q3 mm -hmm. also was following with the exact same amount of time that Q2 was supposed to take. Um, and and uh, and lo and behold, they weren't triggering, and they couldn't yeah. figure out what was going on. Um, yeah, because there's a lot of during that time in behind the scenes of Spike Mark. There's a lot happening where it's changing states, and if it's not in the right state, right. it's Cause, not gonna fire. Because <laughs> what are those states, Kirsten? That uh, like so in a, a child link, a, a queue link is only gonna run if the parent queue is in it's running. If it's running or but, complete, right? uh yes but right. if it goes from running to complete then to idle then it's not gonna it's which not is gonna go. yeah. yeah which is what happens right there at the end is you you go through all of the states right before it right it's like running and then completed and then idle and then and it misses that moment of yeah miss of that running moment. or complete yeah right yeah and and once we took it once i took a once i actually like opened my eyes and took a look at the log file so like pro tip it's really important to send the log file. Um, yeah. It was really, it was a real simple moment of like, oh, I see what's happening. You guys are like, this isn't the way to make these queue links happen. You know, the more like a more reliable path would be to set all of your, like all of those linked queues, the parent queue and any child queues to the same target position and just have different speeds for each one running off of a time link so that you could keep that time very specific. Mm -hmm. um, and that was setting it to the to the target position of the last queue, right? So if you had correct. three queues, whatever your final target position was, final, final position, right. you set all of the queues to that. Yeah, and, and that gives you that chance to like, you're not going to lose, you're not going to miss the wrong, you're not going to have the queue, the parent queue in the wrong state. <laughs> right right <laughs> and it'll let you still change the speed of the cues you know speed of the moves with each cue and you can still time it very tightly to that you know if you're trying to run in a very specific time and change those to happen in that time um so you know so that was an interesting one and then the other piece that they were running into like in the in the heat of the moment of trying to troubleshoot what was happening they I think inadvertently had at least three instances of the show file running on the computer. And, and for <laughs> oh, those no. of you playing along at home, that means that one of them is going to connect to the consulate and the, and the stage hand or stage hands, but not all of them. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a surefire way to make it sad. It's yeah. And you know, you could like, as looking like I, when when I finally, when I got the log files and I popped open the first one and I was like, oh, look at that time. Okay. You know, and then I popped open the next one. It was like, hey, this is the same minute. <laughs> and then the third one 
was also had also logs from like right in the same you know the same 10 minute window mm-hmm. it was like oh mm. i see what happened yeah um you know and and i think they had in again you know they were in tech right in the heat of the moment like what are you going to try and do and you're not connecting and they had like replaced the network switch replaced all the ethernet cable I think mm-hmm. replaced the network switch again. Then oh, wow. at some point they tried putting another computer in, but I think mm. they had the same, you know, it was like they were still having the problems and it was like, mm-hmm. oh God. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I could see I, I've uh, I've been there. It's no good. It's a, it's a little bit of a bummer. Um, <laughs> yeah. And in those specific moments too, like the, you know the network cables and the switch like not bad options to try and swap out but the big thing only one instance at a time only one instance yeah you know i mean it's one of those right. like in the as we start to hear the questions you know one of the one of the first questions that i ask people is like well reboot the computer you know yeah like reboot the computer it's the surefire way to close any extra instances of spike mark <clears throat> um right or or you know if you have a small but, show just change the ip addresses of the oh, stage yeah. hand and the consulate in one of them mm-hmm. right and if it reconnects you're like well then that's your show <laughs> like <laughs> you know that's a way to get around yeah also to kind of find the end of uh sorry that's also a way to find the end of like you know what network problem are you chasing around yeah, because the multiple instance one rears its head in always the weirdest ways because it's like consulates faulting or like, you know, you get the message of like, yeah, whenever we come in, it doesn't work like right when we get in. But then I restart and it works. Yeah. And you're like, well, did you shut down before you left? What did you how many you know, what did you click when you got there? Like, it's kind of hard to chase if you don't just know, like, make sure you only have one open. Yes. Wacky, wacky, Ooh. you know. Yeah, I'm sure we'll hear more from Zep when he gets back. Or maybe we won't. He'll be like, I showed up, I sat there, just like make it, have one open, and then yeah. he'll... Hopefully, hopefully we won't hear from him. Fly on home. Yeah, yeah hopefully <laughs> it's that easy. Yeah. But I think other than that, like, I don't know, right now you're on site, aren't you, Mike? With, I am. Uh, with a particular new lift we have been developing. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think Harry also uh, designed there's some words in there yeah, yeah for sure harry did cody i mean we all we all had our hands in it <laughs> well, hands yeah, i think it. everyone had to do something on it whether they wanted to or not yeah i mean even uh, Allie, my girlfriend got in on the <laughs> struggle that's true cables needed to be made yeah and Allie knows how to make them cables and yeah, some baffle mm-hmm. boxes too right uh some of my finest carpentry yeah yeah I still got it right up until still I got made it. the two by yeah. four rack enclosures for the stagehands on site. <laughs> that was my finest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love all the, the assurances we got. It was like, oh, no, we definitely got some racks. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. Mike's got your racks. You got some wood. It's perfect. You got the straight stuff. To look, it looked really good. It was, <laughs> it was a little rough. But anyway, I think the lift is awesome, though. For uh, for some of our friends that don't know what we're talking about or haven't been following along on Instagram, does Harry or Mike, do you want to give us the uh, the elevator pitch? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, I can talk through the uh, 
the new our new lift our four post lift um so the so the concept was trying to get a, a bigger lift than the floor pocket um for for all the things we do like about the floor pocket i think a challenge we run into all the time is the the square footage that we can lift um like the lifting platform and its capacity um and especially like all both of those things relative to its cost um so if you you know you can gain floor pockets together to make a bigger lifting platform with more capacity but just staring down 50,000 a machine trying to get a little bit more cost effective um to get a big lifting area um so so a concept we've been kind of thinking about for a few years was what about chain hoist um we have our smart chain hoist um which you know we used to great effect and uh, I'll have a large like rental inventory of them um and then particularly if we're using these chain hoists to power a lift um, that we don't really have to wait on motors. Like we can use our rental motors to 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 move a lift. So there's kind of a um, dual usage that you know you can use the hoist for for the lift, or you can use them as hoists. Um, and that so for the first our first customer, our friends out in, at the Seven Wolf in Chicago, um, they were looking for a lift pretty quick for a March production. I think we really got into it in earnest at the beginning of February. Um, and so that was something we thought we could actually do in the timeline, especially with all the, the um, supply chain challenges. Of, you know, we used to be able right. to get motors in two to three days. Now it's 12 to 16 weeks. So in terms of like what we could actually do in that timeline, that was, you know, you know, we definitely could repurpose other things, but it was uh, looking rather limited to try and pull off this gig. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty it's a cool idea, especially like, you know it's a the four post lift is something we've been throwing around for a while uh, and then just like what's the like what's the motivator how do we move it you know does it want to be cable driven does it want to be like roller chain driven do we you know what what can we yeah that's a good we, point we, we we it's not like we just honed in on this one idea we were looking at a lot of different concepts and i we, we tried out a fair number on custom projects in the past few years um between Cody and I, I think they've tried most <laughs> of the approaches. Most, <laughs> or, most of the approaches, or, right. Or at least played with someone else's, put our controls on someone else's, whether it's Serapid push chain or a roller chain lift or doing right. some, I think we had also talked about spot lines or uh, right. lifting but, belts. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, belts. I, I'm not in the belt camp, but. <laughs> no, one's, no one's in the belt camp anymore. <laughs> no one's in the belt camp anymore. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, but for this one specifically, and looking towards like the future of uh, availability of motors <laughs> waning, the continuing uh, bleakness of uh, supply right. chains. People see people like chain hoists. We like our smart chain hoists. We have a fair number of them. People want lifts. How do we get How those do we two these, these yeah, forces all together? These together, yeah, exactly. And I think there was another thing also with just um, kind of tr- bringing in the same vein as the chain using the chain hoist is bringing more of the the lift into like our court um so it's you know working with structural aluminum shapes is is all the framing um and uh which breezy awesomely like milled um you know on the haas uh just opening the doors and feeding through these big eight inch by five inch i-beams that make up the post columns like a it was cool to be able to have just a structure that we could make in like a matter of a couple weeks and then B with that kind of precision, I'll be, I'll be, we ended up changing some things as we learned <laughs> through the process, but the ability to sort of know that everything was going to just be nuts on, on all the holes on these really big pieces was really cool. Um, right. 
and then yeah just like we can turn it around fast like we can you know we can order set an order to pierce uh, our, our awesome aluminum vendor they'll bring it to us next day if it's a big enough order on a truck so we can start working on stuff the night you know the, that morning um and then you know within a matter of like weeks it was it was less than two weeks to make all the structural pieces so we yeah. were you know and we had to on this one because it was that fast but that's that's pretty fun and like a good right. thing no we can do yeah it kind of still in that on that backing up and still kind of like that anti-floor pocket like it's like the other thing we love like about what we love about the floor pocket is like the mod trust it is awesome of just like great mm-hmm. just structure get it on you know build the platform oh bolt on some things oh where does it attach to the whatever thing in the building i uh, just bolt it on like super awesome for that especially for like touring gigs and fast you know turnarounds but then like with lead times and cost of material going up and you know like how do we still have a something we can actually sell to people <laughs> with a straight yeah, face that, that, or that like doesn't lose us money <laughs> right yeah like, given yeah just the the price increases across the board i mean that that's that's tough but uh doing more ourselves is the the way to sort of get more value to our our customers and then hope and hopefully faster so we can make make shows happen on their crazy timelines like it always is yeah so it's it's a cool it's a cool idea so it's for this it's four chain motors with four of the new stagehand pro fours yeah uh, that have a little more circuit protection in them they've got uh, they've mm-hmm. got load cell inputs into and them. These so. are these these chain hoists have integrated load cells in their hooks, so that's been pretty awesome to be able to have some load cell loading information on your lift. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been pretty cool. There was some some cool like aggregating of yeah the custom uh, safety yeah. interlock. Yeah. Yeah. So like on our typical safety interlock. Um, well, I guess I say typical. There's a new one now too, because the Pro Four also has discrete mm-hmm. uh, interlock circuits uh, built in. Um, and so, for this lift, you know, each of the four stagehands needs to be able to receive like a crush bumper and, um, you know, all of the safety signals coming back from the lift that we have, and like come to a box and push them to the stagehand so we don't have to like have any latency and we can make sure we're still going through a um, safety rated relay. And so we have like a custom box that takes in all of those. Um, well, it takes in all the sensors, passes them through a couple relays and then spits them back into the stagehand so that you get like really snappy, quick responding safety circuits all, you know, all talking at the same time so you you get those faults all and they're uh, instantly uh distinctly defined in spike mark right so you can actually see that it is forward and right that's new. it is not just a forward limit which was the our previous design right right yeah we're not just interrupting limits anymore we now have discrete uh signals which is nice it's cool and then we also what else we had to do we also had to um to make sure that each corner of the lift on each post and each motor, the chain hoists built into them have their own set of limits. But then on the lift itself, you wanted to be able to have separate limits. So you made aggravator, aggravator, right? Aggravator, yeah. aggravator, aggravator. <laughs> aggravator. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, there were 
are slightly <laughs> aggravating for other the reasons. Annoying though. Box. <laughs> no, those M12s, uh, man. Aggregator yeah. box, which was uh, <laughs> yeah. So each, uh, well, you designed it, right? So yeah. It but just was to dig into that, fancy wait. limits and some. Yeah, yeah. Like what? What was the pro- what was the problem with the limits in the hoist? I don't know. Have you guys yeah, ever? So tried the to idea, set I think, with chain the hoist, hoist limit. Shit. I don't know. I yeah. Mean... <laughs> like whatever I said, could you mean, Mike? limits. <laughs> right. Um, so we essentially use the limits that are in the hoist body to protect the ends of travel of the chain of the hoist itself. But if you ever set those limits before, <laughs> you peel the cap open on the motor, on the chain hoist. And then and, there's um, tears. Then there's just tears. They're yeah. And then there's sadness, and then it's really hard to set them because your tears are wet on your fingers. Um, and it's just really coarse and really hard to get a, you know, on this chain hoist, which I think we send them out with 50 feet, 75? I forget how long the chains are. In a uh, these ones are actually 100 feet. Uh, 100 foot, but, yeah. But it's going in a big new venue. Yeah, so like 100 foot chains, you know, the scaling of the travel, you want to get like, within a couple inches before you bottom out that hook, you know, the platform into the top of the post of the lift. So like not a great mechanism for that. So what we did was we moved to some uh, whisker switch um, limit switches mounted mm-hmm. to each mm-hmm. column. Cause the idea was like, well, you could just do one, but there does exist the potential or miswriting a cue or misjogging or something happens, you lose a leg on a motor, you know, it to protect so that all of the posts and corners are, you know, safely uh, mm-hmm. having limits. We put that set of limits all the way around on each of the posts. So if any of the corners, any of the motors, strike the limit their limit switch then you'll get a fault on that stage hand and then you'll group because the limits on a post go to go to that hoist and that stage hand right so it's not like that those all the limits are interrupting all the hoist is that right correct yeah so you with the signal tail on the chain hoist you plug into this box that's mounted on the column and then then you plug in your signal cable from the stage hand into that box and that's for just one stage and for one axis. Um, and so then if you strike a limit on that axis, then you'll fault the group and spike mark. And that'll stop all of them. Yeah. Um, and that'll stop that'll all stop of them. them. Yeah. And every every hoist gets a set of limits. Makes sense? Yeah. So every hoist gets a set of limits. So there's technically eight <laughs> limits per... <laughs> Per so safe. So many limits. Um, but yeah, but I think we thought that that was like the best way to, to always know, like you are going to protect all of the potential problems um, with using multimotors for a single axis. If only that was all the problems. <laughs> if only that was all the problems. If you've gotten this far and you've thought, man, that sounds awesome, but I've seen chain hoists. <laughs> and they don't sing smooth, clean motion. How did you guys fix that? That is a good question. With difficulty. <laughs> and a little bit of COVID. There was, there was, yeah. So the, uh, well, 
Harry, feel free to interrupt me. But the original idea was we we um always prefer to have like the chain hoist up with the chain and the hook down, um, which is because it just offers the smoothest motion through the chain body. So we had uh you know motor up hook down coming down off of the chain through a set of chain wheels and then it kicked back up and around the column and then went down to the lift platform so there was like a couple chain wheels between yeah, so, you and the platform yeah the, i think that in the so the thinking was best motion with the the chain uh, the the hoist up and like right. motor up run, running it um, and then trying to keep 90 degree turns in this chain getting to the lift platform. So with you got, you got your motor with the chain exiting the bottom of the hoist body, it hits one pulley, it takes a 90 degree turn, hits another pulley, and then goes all the way up inside the top of the column, hits a head block, wraps over, and then attaches to the platform. Um, and, you know, we were trying to figure out, like, there were a lot of technical questions off the bet get-go is like well what do you what can you use on load chain because you got the case hardening and you don't want to damage the chain with what you're running on running as the pulley so where we ended up landing was trying to use the the same pulleys that are in um, a cm two-ton double reeved hoist um, because we know our resultant on the head block if we went up to if we even wanted to run this hoist with a with a one ton uh, this lift with a one ton hoist on each column um, then we'd end up having a worst case two ton resultant on there. It also just works out nicely. Um, it's a part that you can buy from CM. Um, so we got those and the bearings that go with them and try to use those to make this, these redirecting pulleys. Um, but what we didn't necessarily consider or tried to ignore until it was staring us in the face was these pulleys are very small diameter and they only have their five pocket chain wheels. So there's, uh, if anyone's ever done roller chain effects, you know, you always try to shoot for higher tooth counts because of the thing called like chordal action or the, the horizontal displacement of the chain. Um, and so like, as the chain is moving around these pulleys, it's oscillating off its center line and like stretching and contract, like changing the diameter, the pitch diameter around each of these pulleys, which basically lanes to it, like oscillating between a shorter and longer path, um, depending on like the pitch alignment of those chains relative to those wheels relative to each other so what it ultimately we were seeing is really choppy motion um as it was like vibrating the chain essentially up through up and down you know the so the platform would just shake pretty violently when uh i think when we started in commissioning you know we got it first assembled in three inches per second we're like okay pretty good and then started cranking up i think anything above that was starting to get very chuggy right yeah yeah, and and the, just the nature of the, you know, the four going at once, like you just see like on the platform, you could see it just like just dum, 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 like just moving up and down, and then right. you would yeah. hear it because the chain would be like. There's so many the things. Column. There were so many things hitting. There was there was those like trading all the loads, and then that was bouncing the platform back and forth across the columns. The chain was like violently slapping on the inside of the aluminum beams, and that was just like yeah, sitting in the office. You could yeah. hear. It. It we're like, where do we? Stay? You could hear. Where, it. where do we? Yeah, yeah. It was as loud as load testing, but it was just running slowly, <laughs> slowly. 
<laughs> not state, not elegantly or stately, anyone would right. say. So, so then we started having, uh, you know, some brainstorming sessions about what we're going to do to fix those motion woes. Um, and we actually ended up chasing down a lot of different strategies. And uh, Cody was in the shop at the time and was really helpful, obviously, bouncing ideas back and forth really quickly. And I think you were the one who kind of came up with, uh, well, I, I guess we should talk a little bit about some of the things we tried that didn't work. Yeah, if you if you set out to do this. which I, I can try, yeah, <laughs> I can try and get into all that. Uh, so what didn't work was, I think we first were looking at the pieces we had, so we ended up flipping the so the hoists were attached to these big plate mounts on the posts and we just could flip them upside down on the bolt pattern to go motor up and just try to go to the head block so we were shooting straight off where the hoist is mounted to that um so we're just hitting one pulley as opposed to three pulleys because maybe that was going to reduce it um reduce the the motion was maybe that i don't know if that made any improvement but it didn't make a noticeable one uh because you're still dealing with the terrible corridor action on the most loaded pulley that's got the 180 degree bend. Um, that one then, also too, we yeah. like didn't, we didn't have like a cradle or anything for the motor too. So like the thing that we fought where we like tried to initially go to like 90 degree returns on everything was like, if your, you know, chain hoist is like off at an angle with the chain going out like at any time it sees any differential in load that body is just going to swing on swing the around. hook yeah and so yeah and it wasn't it wasn't a lot <laughs> yeah. of motor down yeah it introduced new different problems as well like the even even with the slight angle to the head block that that hoist naturally wants to tip in a direction and it's like you know at 150 pounds that's basically just making a little like counterweight on the other side of the platform but it bounces around as the pays chin the chain in or takes it out you know and like when chasing better motion and quietness like turning the motor upside down then like you're like i don't know is it quieter you're like I can't tell. There's fewer chain wheels, but I'm hearing the chain, chain come up out of the body, <laughs> body, scraping over the side before dumping into the bag. So it's we like... so we treated some symptomology first, which actually was reasonably successful at negating those problems. Which was right. we put some rollers on the uh, on the chain on the chain bag bracket. We moved the chain bag a little farther down. And so the chain wasn't clacking on the aluminum hoist body, but was actually just rolling over a nylon wheel. And that was good to fix that. Uh, with the the hoist moving around on the mount, um, uh, Breezy kind of carved up out of uh, plate blanks some some uh, hoist, the hoist cradle sort of situations. I think this was kind of a Breezy-Gareth double teaming. They got a bunch of unistrut brackets, some leveling feet, and... Uh, just like made make the hole trace the holes make it work and uh, in, in like a morning I think he had like these four leveling feet poked up into the hoist body to kind of stabilize it into its position sort of cocked at the angle towards the wheel, um, but then I think the biggest thing was then we started we were we knew the the pulleys were clearly not working for us um, so we were like how how can we try and alleviate that and with all that you know the bigger a big what we know from roller chain more teeth, less cordal displacement, you know, smoother motion. So let's try and get a bigger wheel in there. I think Cody, you had, you kind of were spearheading that. I don't know if the, what was your process. Yeah, there. I mean, I think in between a few of the other ideas, we were like, 
throwing around like well what if we had the same diameter wheels but without pockets because we kind of all were like well yeah that makes sense like if if we have all these three wheels with five pockets like what's you know what's to say that the distance between any of those pulleys actually is the correct pitch diameter so that they're all in sync so we kind of thought oh well what if they were just smooth uh, the answer to that question was that the diameter was too small for the, <laughs> <laughs> there not to be pockets. Uh, and so we like incrementally stepped up in size until like we kind of had a moment at the shop where, I mean, there was a few days of us just trying ideas with not great Any success. Like, yeah, like, like it, it was no pretty change. bleak. Like, yeah, like yeah. nowhere near what we something we could say that that's gonna that's ready to ship and the customer will find this acceptable. Right. Until there was like a list of like what are the last ideas, and that was like, well, secure the hoist body. Do you know there was a few other things, and it was like, well, maybe we just go way bigger. Like we've been playing with like two inch OD, and then I think I went up to like four inch OD on the wheel, and I was like, well, what if I mean, yeah, and, and re- like eight inch od because we have some eight inch stock from like some old gig so it's a giant like 14 foot long by like eight inch diameter aluminum solid blank and i was like well if we make a couple wheels out of that (laughs) maybe that maybe that's enough if that's if that's yeah it's either going to be big enough or no chance it's still going to be bad and and that's a different conversation (laughs) yeah right because i think at that point we were already thinking like well what what are what are our options if we had to change the machine out entirely because we just can't get good motion out of the chain hoist. Uh, it was, it was pretty dark. Uh, yeah, but luckily that did seem to work. I mean, breezy yeah. threw up on the Haas. Well, he was making them on the lathe and then he broke <laughs> his tool. So then he threw them up on the Haas. <laughs> Our favorite circle maker, the mill, uh, the mill. We <laughs> to make giant cylinders. Um, yeah. And we like, rearrange some of the head block assemblies and like uh harry did some beautiful artisanal jigsawing of aluminum channel <laughs> to account for the much larger head block at the top some and, of my best uh, work gold star buddy. yeah gold star and i was like i was up at the shop <laughs> i had to use a sawzall and a jigsaw so oh, that's right that's right that was, yeah. that was like hidden for the cycle <laughs> you use both of those I used two sets of earplugs in ears and over. Still and too loud. Still loud. <laughs> still loud. Between that and the air ratchet, that and then, and then the paddle ratchets like that, and then the aluminum resonating structure that was and crazy playlist. <laughs> yeah, you can't forget that. It was. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty loud. Yeah, in the shop like for a couple week. weeks. Two weeks, <laughs> three weeks. How I don't even know how long it shipped. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. So the larger diameter. I mean, we had been trying ideas, and like, we kind of got to a point where like any idea takes about two hours to institute. So we're like, like to take it apart, move some stuff around, put it back together, and get to the point where we could try it. It was just about two hours for every idea. We, yeah, we repped <laughs> that thing quite a few times. It was yeah. We were pretty good at putting those things at together. At the end of it, part. yeah, yeah. And uh, like, I had a train headed home at like, I don't know, <laughs> five. I had a five o'clock train, and so I had to leave the shop by like four. And so on Thursday, like 
right at the like right at like 345 we got it put back together with the big wheels and to that point nothing we did had had any effect good nor bad really uh and like (laughs) the moment where we ran it and we're like everyone's like wait a minute (laughs) hold up (laughs) that seemed slightly better (laughs) uh yeah, I think it was pretty. And then I left. Noticeable. And then I left. <laughs> You're like, bye. <laughs> cool. I'm out. You guys got this. Uh, yeah. No, but it ended up working out pretty great. Uh, the, once we put those eight inch wheels on there, we're like, okay, this is this is the way. This right. is definitely making a huge improvement because I think we ran it at like what did we go up to like six inches per second. We're like, oh, that's that's pretty okay. Right. Um, and we're still getting cool. some like some chain slap and like I think I don't think I think the hoist was still moving around. Is that what you're about to say? Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I think this is before the, like, the cradle was added or the bag roller or, like, you know, yeah. a couple of the other things came after this update. But, like, right. once we like once we got through all of those things, it was like, oh, wait, no, this, this is a viable path. Like, this is pretty sweet. Like, the... Yeah, like, it, it worked. It was cool. Yeah, 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 because I think we kept, kept kept cranking the speed. I think what we we kind of got to, like, 12 was sort of, was looking okay and feeling, I, not great, yeah. but. Yeah, I think 12 with that current design is on the edge, I think, yeah. of just still, I mean, certainly in the shop setup, we didn't have any uh, floor anchoring or top anchoring. Um, which right. is certainly like with the the shapes we have, like it being more stiff, like makes it want to not like resonate through the everything as much, which I think uh, I imagine would help. But like, yeah, yeah, 12, I think was right on the cusp. I think 10, we were able to like actually um, 10 inches a second. Yeah. was like, okay. I think 10 yeah, was this, good. 10 this, was good. This does it. Yeah. Yeah. Moving two tons. Like that's, you feel it throughout the shop. It's, it's something yeah yeah so but oh, yes. uh but our but our our woes weren't we weren't completely out of the woods at that point right because we now we had the eight inch wheels it was moving pretty good but we had uh we still had some some noise and like we we're saying we were working on the cradles and whatnot um and mike right. was and then and then it was right into that it was like going you were heading out of the shop we were working the weekend a little bit and then I was coming in on Saturday and just felt kind of <laughs> awful. And then at some point left after, after having a couple COVID tests that were negative, I was like, I, this cannot be, I feel so crap. This is, this has got to be something. And then I took a third COVID test and that one was positive. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, Oh, we're like kind of almost have a shippable lift. But uh, so we're going to so I think Gareth got on the phone and called in some reinforcements. And right. And that was about when, I, Mike, you were come, well, I, you were coming anyways to check out the yeah, lift. Yeah, right? I was planning to come up, and, you know, and then and so I don't know. I had some like also some like COVID shenanigans with my kid on that Monday. Like I was supposed to come up on Monday and then and then I had to take her to, you know, oh, my God, it was terrible. And um, and then and then I. <laughs> And Cody was away for the weekend for like a wedding and was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be back in New York on Monday, right? Yeah, I was like, I will be back in New York 
let me know how i mean literally i was just waiting for the updates over the weekend of like am i going back to rhode island and then you were like i have covid and i was like i'm definitely going back to rhode island (laughs) (laughs) and Garrett's like Allie, who had worked for us over the summer last summer was like also available so we all (laughs) load up the car with me and Allie and our dog and we drove up (laughs) and fuck it be ready to work yeah i mean he loved it he went to doggy daycare he loves that (laughs) yeah so i think so that week like after after i got back up there and cody came up we were like we were busting through some you know trying to figure out what to do about the slapping chain and like after the after the hoist had been locked in and the cradles a little bit better that like a bunch of the chain slap came out of it, but then we made we 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 crafted some some artisanal channel with some like nice um, nice felt sticky back felt in it, right? And um, so that we could we could <laughs> yep. keep the keep the chain slap on the aluminum to a minimum. Um, Rada and I did some did some awesome uh, did some awesome cutting down of the of the channel also to make it fit, yeah. Um, yeah it's uh i still i'm still pulling the aluminum out of me from that it's um (laughs) and then we were also um there were some you know like chain motors even the quiet ones are still present you know and there's like and and that's a good way to put it four motors four motors (laughs) and eight brakes right each one's got two and um Right, like we we got rid of those chain wheels on the pulleys, but there's still yeah. that there's still yeah, that one in the hoist. One in the hoist, there's still brakes that go snap, and um, and, <laughs> and it's like, well, what can we do? I don't know. Let's build a box around them. And I think I started. I did some of my finest carpentry, as I alluded to earlier. Um, and um, <laughs> and I think Harry, I was gonna like stuff packing blankets in there, and I think you were like Harry, you were from from home. You were like, "Hey, I think I tripped over a roll of sound thing." So like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like the the ghost of other projects gone not so well. Uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we got we have options when it comes to sound dampening bullshit <laughs> that's kicking around the annex." <laughs> We, I got you covered. What do you What do you want? You want fiberglass? You want some I want, yeah. IFR I want stuff? The easiest and lightest. We got things, and that was it. And um, Gareth and I had actually moved right. that roll like on the like Tuesday or Monday, whenever I got to the shop and thought it was Duvetine. I hadn't even like we're like oh look at that because mm, wasn't it uh, to take a side tangent here for a second? But weren't you and Gareth like reorganizing the annex? Oh yeah, we totally like, did. He, you I mean, a I helped shelf, the yeah. a chair shelf. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the bucket shelf. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We have the. Yeah, bucket. Yeah, bucket fans and lights. Yep, and some <laughs> the of BFL. The buckets, I'm not going to tell you which ones are like partially full of oil. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so like, <laughs> Choose your own adventure. Some of, some of those have holes in the I bottom. Didn't put the lid on all of them. Good luck. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah so so we had yeah so we we did some I, I when i arrived at the shop gareth was in the middle of reorganizing the annex and i was like well i mean i could hop in with this right now and help because i don't think i'm going to get into the shop right now so it was like i don't know two and a half hours of moving building shelves throwing shit away into dumpsters 
<laughs> more things we have so many fucking cardboard boxes yeah. Thanks, we Belfer. still have so many cardboard boxes <laughs> cardboard boxes uh, we had conversations uh, about it today Garrett said that you guys were like putting some stuff on shelves and you're like oh man if only we had another shelf and then started taking stuff 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 off another shelf there's and you're like wait shelf. there's another <laughs> shelf on this shelf <laughs> yeah. oh. oh hey look look ask and you shall receive <laughs> um, but so so we started <laughs> long way around um to my finest carpentry so we built a i built a couple baffle boxes and it made like a it made a, I think, a really significant difference on the positive side of the amount of noise and sound of the of the hoist. So, got some more material and ordered some more stuff, and you know, crafted up two more and put them all around. And it was like, I don't know, it was a pretty significant difference on the. Yeah, it on, seemed night and day. Yeah, night and day. It was very um, noticeable. You know, yeah. and it was. I mean, literally, yeah. just like. Just some plywood and some sound, some whatever sound fabric from Rosebrand that was in there, um, and even I think in the shop for one of them we ran out of we ran out of that material, and so I stuffed a packing blanket in there. <laughs> hey man, it works, you know. I think uh, I think somebody else, and I mean another tangent. I just got a, I got a text from somebody yesterday or this morning about a couple of machines in a you know in a little theater in the round, and they were like, we have to build boxes around them. Yep. Yeah, probably do. That's cool. Good luck. <laughs> As I did. I totally sent this, them uh... the link to the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You're going to need a yeah, T-50, yeah, exactly. some plywood, and this stuff. Can, I'll, I'll even I'll throw in my design for my baffle box for free. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you a template. Is it CAD it's file? Like, no, no, it's <laughs> a bunch of pieces of plywood. It's a full size. Yeah, it's a flat pack. Um, it's a full size. <laughs> it's going to be freight. Um, so I think I think in the end, though, all of those pieces to it that we that we put in place, you know, the chain, like the, the holding down of the the hoist, like the cradling it and keeping them rigid or more rigid, and the the chain channel with the felt in it and the and the boxes around the hoist are really like, I think there was some pretty significant improvement in, in the, in the volume and the, you know, the literally the volume of the machine running. Yeah. That's awesome. And so you're, you're out there now. I am out that. here. <laughs> I am. You're in a hotel room in Chicago. <laughs> I am in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. Um, yeah. We're here. I got, uh, I got here Monday. Uh, my tools didn't. So Thanks. Um, <laughs> classic, and, a classic uh, tale. But, um, but you know, we got, I got here Monday and I think in the first, I don't know, it was a short day. It was like, we had the lift, we had the lift put together and the platform hanging from the four motors in like, I don't know, less than, less than seven hours. I think it was like six hours with four of us. And it's an eight by eight platform, you know, it's like mm -hmm. 14 foot tall or something or 12 foot tall. Um, in the nicest trap room I've ever seen. Yeah, those pictures. Look those looks awesome. very nice. Oh my yeah. god, I've never seen a cleaner trap room. I, I mean, it's the yeah. first show, right? It's just it's the Steppenwolf's brand new theater, and um, 
So, you know, it's ours to ruin, apparently. But um, Woohoo. Uh, <laughs> you haven't even had to use a Sawzall yet. Yeah, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yet. Yet, I said. Wait, how'd you make those racks? Do we racks? have a Chicago porta van? <laughs> oh, we don't have an Illinois porta van. No. Mm. We, we will tomorrow, though. Um, Every state. The, um, but, you know, but I think we, we got, we busted through and, you know, got the thing assembled and it went, I mean, it went together went together super fast and i think if we had you know had like i don't know if i had gotten here you know at the actual start of day and my flight hadn't been delayed and all those things like i think we would have been you know where we are where i got to this afternoon with a with a crew i think we would have been there you know at the end of the day yesterday and today was by the end of today today we had the whole the lift running in queue control we had done some tweaking and got it to run pretty smooth and through the rotator on top of it um oh right oh right yeah yeah so like because yeah they have they have a rotator on that lift yeah. and we've got like a cable chain <laughs> the cable passing chain. yep motor and signal cable as well as an extra Crazy. round of crush bumper yeah. for that <laughs> i forgot about that yeah through a slip ring through a slip ring yeah, that's cool yeah. through a slip ring yeah it's got to be all the you got to have all the things. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yesterday afternoon, the lighting guy came in. It was like, hey, so how hard would it be for me to get some cable in that cable chain for a fog machine? I was like, I don't know, man. How ambitious are you? Um, <laughs> There's not a lot of room in that cable uh, chain. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think I don't think we're going to have to worry about it. But um, OK, no, we will. Uh, yeah. Wait, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a guess as soon as they find out if it's difficult, which is they'll just zip tie it to the outside. <laughs> I I, be a bucket. I suggested employing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just dangle it. <laughs> or you just swag it from above. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we can make our own cable chain just from the other side, you know, zip tie it to the side of the platform. It'll be perfect. Uh, it'll be fine but it'll never snag but i think i think honestly it it went you know the lift went in and it went in super smooth and you know we had like a couple of hiccups of putting the wrong size bolt in the wrong place and it, you know redo some things but whatever i mean it's like wasn't so big it wasn't a big deal and um hopefully tomorrow they're gonna get the surround in and um and then friday morning uh we'll have the turntable over there and bolt it on and make sure it actually all does the thing that we want it to do. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so it's really good. I was really, um, you know, it was, it was a, it was really awesome to kind of get it together and to, you know, see like super, uh, a really good amount of forward progress and not a lot of steps backwards to get it installed in the space. Right. I have, an important question because you sent us some photos today oh, of the yes. setup. Yes, yes, yes. And yet another change had occurred. <laughs> and we're going to open this one up to any of our listeners as well. Yeah. During and we want setup. And, and we truly want to hear your responses. Email Gareth at podcast at Creative Connors. <laughs> I want to know. How? So there's four. There's four posts on this yes. lift, and each post has a chain hoist and a stagehand. And in the shop, 
when I arrived, I arrived a bit late to the situation. It was it's not anarchy. It made sense. It the, made sense. The the root of this question is how would you label each of those posts? So when I arrived at the shop, each our rental inventory because we had our rental hoists on them have their own independent rental ID yes. tags, and those are important for us for many reasons but one of them is that like the load cell values and the position scale values are tied on our side of things to that to the number. machine so which that's has important then the machine had a number to the machine has a number those numbers were like two <laughs> five twelve 15, and like 18 15, or something 15 15 an odd one uh and so the posts when i arrived there was tape on each of the hoists that were the two five 15 whatever they are and then also i think in a zigzag starting farthest away from you <laughs> one two and then like jump to the one closer to you three and four mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so each in spike market was one cm 15 two cm five yeah eight it was terrible and so then at some point we then Gareth came in and we were like, what the hell is going on with this labeling? We have to fix this. And that is when all anarchy broke out because every, it's like, it's a, it's a Rorschach test. Of six different your, people, six different answers, six I mean, different and answers. You guys were out there standing around the lift for like 40 minutes. I mean, because it. it was like a view into your psyche yeah. of how you would lay this out. Like, honestly, like to answer this question was to be known spiritually. Right. This like, honestly <laughs> became the biggest question of the entire project. How do you number the posts? Gareth came out and presented it, and we were like, hey, these are all messed up. Gareth, how would you do it? And he was like, well, obviously, I would start with the one farthest away from me, like the, where the console was set up was kind of like, almost like the lift was, the four poster almost like at a diamond mm -hmm. to you, almost yeah. just the way, the way we were positioned. And he was like, well, obviously I would start for the one that's furthest away from me. So I kind of like top left. He was like, I would call that 12. And I was like, what? And then he said, and the next one going clockwise would be three. And I was like, he's fucking with me. And then he's like, it's and like then it would be face, six, baby. and clock then it face. would be nine. And until he said clock faced. <laughs> and, I, and that's why I thought he was just fucking with us because he was like, what? <laughs> what is that pattern? Because <laughs> some of those numbers are the original tag numbers right. from the rental right. IDs. And I was like, wait, what? And then he said, because it's the clock face. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh,. And then, yeah, and then I think mine was, like, starting from that same 12-1, I'd go, you know, one, two, three, four, like, clockwise. Mm -hmm. That was a popular one. And then I think the one we could all agree was wrong was Zeps, <laughs> which was the initial I mean, zigzag. I think, we, I think we all agree Christians was wow. wrong. <laughs> oh, the no. two, five, nine. Mine was the only correct one. Physically tied to the motors, physical asset numbers. But mm -hmm. not intuitive. Yes. So sure, we 
And then when uh, when Mike arrived on site, he sent us some photos. Oh. Now with yet another <laughs> label system taped to well, the fronts of the no, stage. No, no, but you skipped, a a, you skipped a couple steps there because we are ori- oh, originally renumbered true. them as the as the clock face 12369. Three, six, nine. Yep. And then Mike spent was up here in the shop spent some time he's like okay now how do how are we going to reassemble this how are we going to be able to uh tell people how to reassemble this so he spray painted colors yeah on the different posts. on each post right and then re- for teams and everything <laughs> right. like match marking all this the yeah yeah right. exactly like this post and this post go together with this cross member and blah 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 yeah. blah match the colors yeah, match the colors. Right. It seemed pretty pretty straightforward, right? Like, yeah. Unless you're colorblind, sorry. <laughs> right. But I don't think we picked even picked the colors that were what, whatever. Doesn't matter. There's yeah. red and green, but we didn't use. I don't <laughs> yeah. think we used green. I don't think we used green. I think it was it was, it was an olive green. Oh, did we? Yeah, it was red, green, blue, orange. Yeah. You uh, might be colorblind, Christian. Um, well, no, I picked a couple of colors, weird. and Mike said no, we're not going to use I those. Them. So, yeah, that's true. I did. Um, I did. So then anyway, it evolved, anyway. right? Because then it was like red three, <laughs> blue right, exactly, but blue nine, and so it was like like Cody was saying, red three, nine green, <laughs> twelve blue, fifteen purple. I don't know, whatever it was. It was awful. But then, as as Cody was trying to say before I interrupted him, was Mike, you again renamed them. I. I have to say, I didn't actually rename them. They were they was renamed by by the new owners and caretakers right. of this four post lift, put into their theater that they use north, south, east, and west. And so they thought that naming the naming each of the columns the you know that way cardinal directions yeah the cardinal directions would be would be the right answer. So. Um, they are like north. It's northeast. Correct me wrong. Northeast, northwest, southeast, northwest. southwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the colors are still there. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm zooming in. I think the colors and the numbers are still there. Yeah. So it's so yeah. So if you have strong feelings about how you would name this four post lift. We would love to see a sketch or just a written explanation. Send them on over to us at uh, podcast at creativeconnors.com because it's, we've asked everyone we found like Gareth asked his wife and his kids and they all had different opinions. Yeah. I like almost anybody what, <laughs> how they'll, how they would do this. Um, and what's even interesting is some of them come up with the same answers with a different mm. reason mm-hmm. entirely. And that is also fascinating. So, uh, yeah. How would you name your posts for this four post lift? We would love to hear that. Um, Only some of us would love to. No, all of us <laughs> would. You would. You would. Again, that is a podcast at creativeconnors.com. Um, yeah. So, and then if this lift, uh, if this whole thing seemed pretty cool, where we, Christian was rolling mm, a mm-hmm. video through most of the design and production phases of this. So we're hoping to put up a YouTube video sometime soon. Uh, We've got a couple other ones in the hopper, but yeah. But uh, if you're not subscribed, subscribe to uh, Creative Connors. And then uh, hopefully, not hopefully, but soon we will have a video of the behind the scenes, kind of out of what we just talked about, but also with pictures. 
So, Mike, you you have been on site with this uh, with the Steppenwolf lift, and um, it's been going pretty well, I think. Yeah. Considering yeah. how we've seen from the shop, for sure. But also, you know, looking back at what we talked about a little bit earlier too, you know, some of this like the time link queue stuff and the, you know, how how to get your machines to work the way you want. I think there's some opportunity for some training to happen. Some would say, yes, um, yeah. So I've been I've been trying to give some I've been giving some thought to how we can how we can kind of get more training on using the gear, using the using Spike Mark. Um, maybe not so much in the theory of automation, but the actual practicality of you know writing cues, doing cue links, you know, rigging machines, all those all those bits and pieces. Um, and, you know, talking about my absolute favorite thing, parameters, um, the, um, but to that end, you know, we've, we've offered training and automation seminars for years now. And I think one of the big, um, one of the big challenges to it is just the cost, right? There's like, it, it is an unfortunate reality that it costs money to have somebody come out or two people come out to wherever you are. There's hotel expenses, there's, you know, airfare, there's rental cars or Ubers or whatever. And um, so I have been thinking about um, how we could maybe make it offer up some regional training around the, around the country. So, you know, we go one place and hopefully, you know, hopefully folks could come and see us and we could, you know, do our training there. So like, you know, whether it's in Rhode Island or in New York or in Chicago or California, wherever, um, it seems like maybe, uh, maybe this would be a good path to, you know, to keep the cost down or cost reasonable. So it's not like $2,000 or more, whatever, um, for, you know, for a day of training, but, you know, maybe like 150 bucks or 200 bucks per person, um, which seems like it could be much more palatable. Um, that's not to say that we won't still do training for, you know, for you or for, you know, for a theater specifically, um, but we're just trying to come around. So I think my big question is, you know, any of you guys out there, any folks out there who are interested in training, I'd love to hear um, if a, like regional training if you'd be interested in a regional training and where you are. So if you could drop me an email at training at creativeconnors.com, we can, um, you know, kind of try and figure out where we can, where we can make something happen. Um, Cause it does seem like a, does seem like a pretty great, uh, you know, it seems like an opportunity here to, to kind of help everybody who maybe is struggling a little bit, trying to ramp back up after being, you know, not working for two years and um and to you know dust off old equipment and and learn all about spike mark five because you know it is much different different. yeah (laughs) it is much different well and also i don't know if you've heard this yet mike so i was talking with our customer in california that we just did that big permanent install at and they were like oh yeah and i had a bunch of or not a bunch uh I believe the exact phrase was, and I had a couple of questions and, uh, Sean, who was one of the stagehands that you did training with, who was in the training, was able to answer the questions. Ah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's so great. Yeah. 
I'm on. I'm on Team Sean forever. <laughs> oh, and that was awesome. all a testament to the fact that you were like, and a bunch of these people need to be trained, should be trained yeah. to be able to use the system. Right. More than yeah. you think. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just get everybody in here. Like knowledge yeah. is fantastic. Everyone should have oh, it. That's like, awesome. I didn't, I don't think I heard that. Thanks for sharing that Christian. That's super great to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, so that's so that's super, you know, I mean, so drop, please drop a note, drop an email, let us know, let me know if you'd be interested in doing in doing these trainings and we'll try and figure out a figure out where we're going to make them happen and keep you posted. Yeah, I think I think it was a super cool thing, even just at but maybe I'm kind of jumping the gun to our next topic. But at USITT, the training session, like the seminars was like a bunch of people with the gear, like getting everyone together and like actually having the physical stuff in front of you, I think is pretty, pretty valuable, pretty awesome yeah. to see. Well, and just, uh, I mean, to tag onto that, right. The USITT side of things. I mean, Cody, we did, you and I did a couple sessions uh, at with center stage where we, where we had right. equipment, I guess uh, we did, we did one talking about just automation in general and, you know, what it takes to, was what it takes to include automation in your in a show uh and then we did one very specifically about limit switches and what limits are and all these right. crazy things and we had i don't know what like eight machines or 10 machines on stage and a and a table yeah. full of old beaten up limit switches <laughs> right like yeah limit switches from like old machines or you know some that are some folks are still out there yeah. using uh yeah and it was awesome because it was such a blend of you know oh we've done this a few times but i don't really remember or you know oh it's always such a pain in the ass i don't know why and then you're like oh yeah let's get in there like let me show it to you like but you know without enough people interested and also somewhat importantly some some 208 <laughs> three face <laughs> and some some machines it's really hard to make happen so it's I think looking forward to training of like let's get as much people into a space that like we can actually do some you know some touching of some stuff you know i think that's that's pretty important pretty key yeah it sure is i think yeah it's a you know it's good to it's good to have the hands on and and also you know and get get the figure out why something doesn't work and how to make it work yeah well i guess i mean a segue after talking about that would be usitt we were there we were there. Uh, Walt, Mike, yeah. myself, and Harry, mm -hmm. we're we're all there, and as well as uh, yeah. Pete Nicole uh, from our sales team. But yeah, it was pretty awesome from a time away. How, how did it go for you guys? Oh, it was awesome. It was good to see all the friends in the industry. You know, people still out, and it wasn't the biggest conference, but it was still full of people. You know, and you know, haven't seen in a few years. So that was that was pretty awesome getting back into shows and you know talking about all the all the projects coming up it was you know slightly overwhelming as i feel like most many people are right now <laughs> right just like okay yeah let's talk about all these projects and oh in april uh cool 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 <laughs> let's see what we can do what about you mike how do you feel about that i think it was great you know it was um i you know it was i think it was cool to be back you know to have a conference back for you know the industry um i think it was 
you know, I echo you, right? And, you know, seeing our what our peers are doing and what everybody had been doing over, you know, the time where there was where there were no events or very few. Um, it seems like most everybody was pretty busy. <laughs> on the right. Side, yeah. You know, um, so that that was really cool. Yeah, I thought I thought it was cool to see. I mean, the amount of customers coming up like, oh, we're going to do this thing. We'll definitely be in touch. And like, that was super exciting because it was like, oh, wow, it's coming back. It's coming back for real. It's exciting. Like, and then also, you know, going over onto our peers and other people that have booths or like, you know, we're showing off brand new Spike Mark 5, which we developed over, you know, 2020 and 2021 or as some would call the dark times. Uh, (laughs) But then also seeing like, you know, a bunch of other, you know, companies what they've done with the same time of like oh yeah we you know we saw some cool uh ui and front ends from the from well from tate the new epics that i well it's iq that thing was cool and they you know a bunch of other cool stuff from uh a bunch of people honestly it was there was some really cool stuff out there so it was kind of enthralling to be back in that space sharing ideas and conversations with everybody it was was great to see everybody yeah it was it was cool it was very cool i saw a lot of yaleys so many yaleys harry attracts the yaleys (laughs) yeah it's lousy with them that kind of (laughs) yeah so were people excited for spec mark 5 did you notice oh Oh, yeah yeah. oh they were so stoked I, i don't think cody got away from the kiosk demoing it for like 80% 80% of the time the floor was open. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, what's the, oh, wait, there's new and like just want to, mm-hmm. you know, jump right in. And yeah. And it, yeah. They were pretty excited about, about it. Um, yeah. They're generally really excited about the new features. It seemed like all the, with all the new sensors and interlocks and load cells and Q jog screens. Just so much to show there. Right, yeah, addressable e-stop on the showstopper. Yeah, it's kind of funny because we've kind of been living in it and developing it and, you know, now deploying it on a bunch of projects. And then, like, USITT was a funny moment to be like, oh, right, this is all new. (laughs) Like, Oh, you haven't, (laughs) yeah. Right, like, it's not an insignificant amount of time to explain how many things have changed. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, but I I mean, I think it was really awesome, you know. I mean, showing off Spike Mark 5 and all those features and you know it was yeah it was it was kind of crazy um it was it was cool i think yeah i think a fair amount of people were like totally surprised like as you're giving them the spiel and showing them the thing and then they just like keep going and you're like oh and load cells and 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 they're like oh wow like you guys are like oh yeah we're rolling we're rolling the features out right now it's it's pretty awesome well i mean i think we're coming a bit to the close of this one. I think the one last thing we definitely wanted to 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 bring up, if anyone's listening and is um, interested in coming to work with us, we're we're currently putting feelers out and uh, have some job positions opening uh, up around the shop. Yeah. So if you are interested in moving to Rhode Island and uh, are like a uh, mechanical fabricator or potentially like a controls electrical fabricator we're looking for a couple of those um mm-hmm. or also a, a production manager type for the floor in rhode island for our shop 
or if you're out on the West Coast, we have our shop in LA and we're looking to hire a rentals manager over there. So if you if any of those things uh, spark your interest, you should definitely reach out to us. Um, or if you know somebody who is, yeah, let us know. I believe uh, careers at Creative Connors. And if that's not true, tomorrow it will be true. So <laughs> <laughs> by the time you're listening to it, that will be true. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're looking for a couple people. Come work with us. We're we're friendly folk. <laughs> yeah. And Rodan's right pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> Gotta give that plug there. <laughs> it is nice. The Narragansett Brewery is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye. See ya.